0: Thank you. thank you, Stan and Wilma. We have Children's Church. Uh, Rose is in the back, and some others are going to take you kids downstairs for Children's Church. So head to the back, and while they're going out, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege it is to know you, to love you, and to, to be able to serve you with our lives. And we pray that you'll bless and guide now as we open the Bible. We thank you for giving us your word that speaks to our lives. It's an old book. It was written a long time ago. You inspired it to be written. And every word of it is still true and perfect. And we pray that it will speak to our hearts here this morning. That your spirit will take it and apply it to each person in each situation And that when we leave here, we will know we have heard directly from you. We pray your blessings on our children and those who lead them. And we just ask that in these moments of openness to your word, that you will do a great work in each of us. For we pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 22 this morning. We're going to look at a passage that uh, is about a father and his son. One of the really incredible accounts that we have in all the Bible. Abraham and Isaac. Here we see a father and a son who were submitted to God. And how God used this event in their lives. Not only to strengthen their faith but also to be a sign of what was to come for all of us. Because you see, in a sense, we're here in this story too. And we'll, we'll see that as we get to the end of this message. There are three amazing pictures that unfold here. We see the submission of a father to God. We see the submission of a son to his father. And then we see the incredible love of God for you and for me. Let me read the passage first Genesis 22 first 19 verses. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him Abraham and he said here I am. Then he said take now your son your only son Isaac whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, my father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, From me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Isn't that an amazing account? So much here. Abraham, who had been through so much already when he got to this moment, And yet, we find in the very beginning of this passage, it says that God tested Abraham. Now, there's a difference between testing and tempting. God wasn't trying to get Abraham to do wrong. He was giving him the opportunity to do right. And I think God, again and again, sets before us opportunities, tests, in which we can make the right choices. And we don't always make the right choices, do we? Even Abraham didn't. We, on Sunday nights, have looked at a number of passages in the past number of months. Abraham didn't always make the right choices, but he loved God. And God was willing to forgive him and look past the things that he had done on the basis of his grace. Because Abraham had believed God, and it says it was accounted to him for righteousness, And that's what God does with us when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And even though we fall by the wayside sometimes, we fail. We don't lose our salvation because the grace of God is greater than any failure we can have. He loves us and he helps us get back on our feet and to go forward in the way that he would lead us. And so here we have Abraham, in spite of past mistakes and failures, he was going to be the father, really, of the Jewish people, the father of the people of God. And here we find in this account a father and a son who's just shined brightly in their commitment to God and to each other. And in their obedience. Here we see the submission of a father to God. Now just imagine what this is like for Abraham. Out of nowhere God says to him. Take now your son. Your only son Isaac. Whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there. As a burnt offering. And Abraham got his son. And got the things he would need to do that, and he started on the journey. Now, do you think Abraham was thinking, what in the world is this all about? Why would God ask this of me? How could God ask this of me? What a sacrifice that would be. I'm sure all of those things were going through his mind. But he acted in obedience. And we're going to see in just a moment... That he had such tremendous faith that he knew that God was in the process of doing something. And that in the end, God would do what is right. He trusted God that much. Now this is the same Abraham, Abram, who had come from Ur of the Chaldees. Remember when God called him, he told him to get up and to leave his country and to go to a place that I will show you. He didn't know what was ahead of him. He didn't know how he was going to make it. He didn't know what his livelihood would come from or how things would be for him. But he heard the call of God to get up and to go, to leave where he was. And he went. And God provided for him every step of the way. God is great enough to do that. If he calls you, if he... Lead you, he will provide for you. And there's no greater example of how God provided than what we see right here in this passage. You see, God was wanting to strengthen the faith of Abraham, to demonstrate not only that Abraham had faith, but that God could be trusted. And so here this father, with all of these questions, I'm sure, in his mind and heart, He got his son and they started on the journey. Abraham arose, verse 3, early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And then on the third day, do you see that in verse 4? We're going to see at the end here, but I want to say right now as we go through it, look at all of these things that are direct ties to Jesus. Direct chi- ties to what God did. In giving us his own son. The only difference of course being. That Jesus actually did die. He was sacrificed. So in a sense Isaac becomes a type of Jesus. In that he was the son. The only son. The son who was loved by the Father. And here he is, and it says in verse 6, So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. So Isaac carried the wood on his own back up into the mountain to the place where he was supposed to have been sacrificed. Jesus carried the cross Through the gates of Jerusalem and up the hill to Calvary. The place where he actually was sacrificed for us. They went together. And the submission of this father was so great. That here he was putting one foot in front of the other in obedience. Not fully knowing how things were going to work out. My experience has been that when God is about to do something great in a person's life, he puts a a call into their life and he wants them to take steps of faith. And he's not going to show them the end at the beginning. They just have to take these steps of faith one by one. And as God sees your obedience, then he shows you the next step. And eventually you can look back and see what God has done. But in the moment, it's just one step of faith after another step of faith and obedience. And that's what Abraham and Isaac were doing here. This was a test of faith. And Abraham accepted God's will and he believed God's promise. Romans 4, we have some other scriptures that shed light on this event. Romans 4, verses 20 and 21 says about Abraham, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded what he had promised he was able to perform. Abraham didn't stagger under this burden, this test. Instead, he acted in strong faith. The father's power rests in submitting to God and to the principles of God, obeying the Lord daily, trusting him to fulfill what he promises to do, and submitting to his leadership. That's the kind of father... Abraham was. That's what he was modeling for his son Isaac. And that's what he would call all of us as men to be that kind of a committed and dedicated servant. A father exercises spiritual leadership by taking these steps of faith day by day and showing not only his family but the world the power of God when a person is yielded to him we also see here though the submission of a son to his father every step of the story indicates that Abraham and Isaac had a close relationship they traveled together to the spot here where this sacrifice was to be made yielded to the will of God and Isaac obeying his father doing what his father told him to do Jesus came from heaven, and he was in complete obedience to the will of his Father, wasn't he? Every step he took, he was doing it to fulfill the plan of his Father, the plan of God. The only Son, the only begotten Son of God, in this life, he was willing to take these steps of obedience so that we might have eternal life. The amazing truth is that God, then and now, he works through fathers and mothers who are submitted and committed to him. And children, seeing that kind of model from their parents, then become willing to submit not only to their parents, but they're taught and led to submit their lives to God. That's why it's so important, the influence that you have is so very great. And in this story, we see the extent of God's love for you and me. Here was Isaac, and think of all the parallels here now with Jesus. Conceived by a miracle, counted as Abraham's only son, and now the, the father, God the father, says, Abraham, I want you to offer this son, your only son, as a burnt offering. Well, we find a glimpse in Scripture of what was going on in Abraham's mind as this was playing out. Abraham saw his son raised from the dead. He had so much faith in God that as he was taking his son to sacrifice him because God said to do it, he believed in his heart and by faith that even if he had to do that, God would somehow raise him from the dead. Now, why do I say that? Look at what it says. In verse 4, then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. The allusion to the third day, Jesus rose again on the third day. Now, this third day, he saw that mountain, the mountain of sacrifice. What dread must have filled his heart. We're here now. And he was waiting on God. But he, we, they were at the place where he was to make this great sacrifice. He saw Mount Moriah afar off. Abraham and Isaac going to the place of sacrifice after three days. In the heart and mind of Abraham from the time that God told him to put his son to death was these three days. And just as Jesus was three days and three nights, parts of three days and three nights in the tomb, in the heart and mind of Abraham, Abraham had been like as good as dead for three days because God said to sacrifice him. And yet, here he was now seeing the place where it would take place. How do we know he was thinking that way? Hebrews 11 which is the roll call of faith, right? Hebrews 11. And if you'll look there, verse 19, the Bible says that Abraham, and here I'm reading this now, this is the passage about Abraham in Hebrews 11, verses 17 to 19, I believe are the verses. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So Hebrews sheds light on what was going on in the mind of Abraham as he took his son to sacrifice him. He believed. That God could raise his son from the dead. That's why he was willing to take him to that mountain. That's why he was willing to do exactly what God told him to do. He trusted God that much. Well, all of this, of course, figuratively looking ahead to Jesus. Because what Abraham was asked to do, God the Father did. Your heavenly father did. He sacrificed his son. And what Isaac went there to become the sacrifice, Jesus literally became the sacrifice for you and me. The love of God was that great that to reach you, to reach me, to give us a life worth living on this earth and eternal life with him, he was willing to not even... Withhold his own son from us. And Jesus became that great sacrifice. Symbolically Abraham received Isaac as raised from the dead. In his mind's eye. As he had to think about sacrificing his son. He was figuratively in his mind seeing his own son raised from the dead. That's what Hebrews 11 tells us. He is the son of prophecy the son of promise, Isaac was, conceived of a miracle. Remember, his mother was so old, there was no way. They thought she could possibly have a child, but God caused her to be with child. He he enabled Abraham and Sarah to have this child, a miraculous birth in that sense. His birth was at a set time. His name was given before he was born. He was the only beloved son, the son of promise, And here he was to be offered up as a sacrifice. He was received from the dead in Abraham's mind as he thought about sacrificing his son. You see, what God had done was to put an Old Testament Calvary in the book of Genesis. Looking ahead to what Jesus would actually fulfill. What Jesus would actually do. This foreshadowed the actual sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and it shows us that what jesus did was not incidental or accidental but if god placed this account in the book of genesis so many years before and then jesus fulfilled it in his own death and resurrection what jesus did was the plan of god from before the foundation of the world jesus didn't just happen to end up on a cross He came to go to the cross to be our sacrifice. But here, as we come to the end of this passage, the scene shifts, though. It's no longer just a picture of the Savior, but now God shifts the scene dramatically, and Isaac becomes a picture of Brian and Stan and Bob and each one of you. Isaac stands for us in the story. Because you see, he was there. He was about to die. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is what? Death. All of us deserve to die for our own sin. And yet we wouldn't have been able to pay for it, even if we had died for our sin. We would have just been being justly punished. But as Abraham raised the knife to do what God said to do, the angel of the Lord told him to stop. Why did he tell him to stop? Because he was about to provide a lamb. He was providing a substitute. And so off the altar came Isaac. And there in a thicket was a ram caught, the horns caught in a thicket. As one writer said, do you know what that was? It was a lamb crowned with thorns. That's what it was, a lamb crowned with thorns. And in the place of Isaac went that lamb to die in his place. And, of course, that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Off the altar we came. And Jesus went on to the altar to pay for our sin once and for all. And then he rose from the dead. And he's alive today so that we might have life. Now you can understand why Jesus said in John 8, 56, Abraham saw my day. And was glad. When did Abraham see the day of Jesus? Right there on that mountain. When that lamb was provided. To save the life of his son. When the son of God. Came to give his life for us. Abraham was blessed. In that figurative sense. Right there. To see that God was going to provide. Through his own son. And to this day, that's still what is happening. God has provided for you. His love for you is that great, that strong, that he gave his life for you. Do you think Abraham was glad that day when Isaac got up and that ram took his place? Can you imagine? That was a real Father's Day, wasn't it? Can you imagine how happy he was? And he called the place, the Lord will provide. And he does provide. He's provided for you, and he will continue to provide for you. What a wonderful God we, we serve. What a wonderful God we have. Friend, it wasn't really about whether Abraham was going to kill his son. God never intended for that to happen. He didn't let that happen. He wanted to see if he had Abraham. He wanted to see if he had Abraham. If Abraham was a father who had that kind of faith, to trust him, to walk with him, even when he didn't understand. And that's what he wants from us. So no matter what you face in life, See it as an opportunity to show God that you trust him. And God will come through every single time. He that spared not his own son, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's what it says in Romans 8.32. So don't ever doubt the goodness of God, the provision of God. He's not going to withhold anything good from you. A father committed to the Lord, a son committed to his father, and a heavenly father who loves you so much that he did give his son for you. Will you pray with me? We thank you, Lord, for this incredible passage that we've only scratched the surface of. Lord, help us to read it again and again. And may our faith become like that faith that was displayed on that mountain. And we thank you, Lord, that you gave your life for us. Your love for us was that great. And right now we pray in this time of invitation that if There are decisions we need to make for you, something you're leading us to do. We pray that you'll lay it upon our heart and help us to just follow you in these moments. We thank you for your presence here, for your power, for your forgiveness, for your love. And may we now do what will be an honor to your name and bring joy to your heart. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.